Welcome, everybody, to the Pulpomex Fantasy Podcast. This is the Supercross wrap-up show. We'll talk about how we did at Salt Lake City 7 and uh, talk a little bit about the coming outdoors and review all of that and more on the uh, on the podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you, Pro Taper 100% and Inner West Hemp for all coming on. And thank you to Yamaha for the YZ450 that they gave away to the winner of the Supercross portion of Pulpomex Fantasy. Of course, we're giving away another to a random draw, and of course, we're giving away another to the winner of the motocross series, but we are going to have Corey on the line, the winner of the uh, 2020 YZ450F from Yamaha. He took the lead at the last round uh, past uh, poor Willie. And uh, so we'll review that. We'll call Corey. We'll talk about that. Uh, Parabinos, Truman, JT, all coming on board. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into – maybe we'll talk a little bit about my terrible fantasy season also. So thank you to Fly Racing, flyracing.com, Inner West Hemp. Uh, use the code PULP20 to save 20% off at Inner West Hemp. 100%, 100%.com, Fantasy25 at checkout from those guys, and ProTaper, ProTaper.com. The seller device is out now. So uh, thanks, everybody, for playing. Enjoy the motocross season coming up. I hope you enjoyed the supercross season. Uh, let's get started in this podcast, shall we? Welcome to the show. The other three fantasy, Pulpamex fantasy experts. Uh, first up from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you? Not too much. I'm glad it's over. I had a really bad day, bad day, um, and I was pretty pissed off for a couple days, but I'm finally over it. I just, I'm kind of ready to move on to outdoors, but we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up and I'm going to try to keep my emotions in check. Uh, you can't, Paul, uh, Paul Parabinos uh, from Rental. What's up, Paul? What's up, Steve? Uh, JT gets really angry, Paul, really angry because yeah. in, in an empty press box where you can hear everything, it's not good. Yeah, we need to, we need to work on getting JT a hobby or something else he can find a, a way to be competitive because he was losing his mind at the last, uh, basically all of Salt Lake City over fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And it's turning him into a person that we can't, we can't even share some of the things he says. Uh, it's, it's not good. I, I heard he's going to send Baggett an invoice for money costs. I, that's what I heard, but I, I don't know. Um, probably shouldn't do that. Also on the line from Get and Athena, it's Dan Truman. What's up, Dan? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I, I love JT. He's upset. He's the only one who he made seven hundred dollars in the industry this week, and he's upset, right? Like the guy. <laughs> oh, I lost a lot. <laughs> Hold on a second. I lost a lot of money going into the weekend. So yes, I understand your point, but you're definitely I mean, that's skewing like, the conversation that's like a the little bit. Stock market. That's like the stock market being up at noon, but it closes down. You're like, oh, I was so rich at noon, but now I lost money. You but still I don't have to. I don't. You're not forced to. You're not forced to cash out of the stock market at any time, though. That's the difference. <laughs> He was, yeah. was uh, anyway, it was it was a good series. Salt Lake was tough. It, you know, we're obviously working it. I broke my hand the last day. I didn't even tell you guys about that. I'm in a cast right now. It was <laughs> a rough it was a rough Sunday for me. But uh How'd you break yeah. your hand? It, it's a long story. Okay. It's, it's, I, I I was helping Forkner's chick get down to the floor when Austin was at, knocked out and yeah, I ended up getting it caught in the door and and just looked at my finger and broke my hand. Yeah, it was a, it was a ball up. But oh wow, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, she got down to Austin. And I, I wrote her a message and told her that you know my hand's broken. She's like, well, Austin, you know, spleen's out. And I'm like, ah, I mean, my hand still hurts too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was hectic. We're working on prizes. We're working through all the prizes uh, for seven rounds of Salt Lake. So Mark's had some stuff going on also. So just be patient with us, everybody. But we are going to have Corey on the line here. Corey won. The YZ450 JT on the last race, passing a guy named Willie 
and it, they had terrible scores, both of them, but they made it happen. Uh, Corey got the, got the bike from Yamaha. Yeah, I mean, you, you like to see them. I mean, they had a great race off, but I, can you imagine, and maybe they don't take it seriously as I do, but can you imagine the gamut of emotions going on for both of them? Because they both had a terrible day. They both had a terrible finale, and I'm sure they both knew who each other had, but uh, Corey had Colt Nichols. He had Hunter Lawrence. He had um, Marty Davalos, who had a really bad main event. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, Willie had both first lap, you know, first to the finish line. So you can kind of blame that on yourself. But it just seemed like who was going to have the worst of two terrible days. And, uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely feel, feel for Willie because I left Sunday pretty pissed uh, off myself. I can't believe that Willie went with two first to the finish lines with the lead of the bike. That's, that's straight out of Dan can, Truman's that's tr- Dan Truman's strategy right there. I can understand. I can understand the 450. Web, Web, I'm in on, and I picked Web myself because yeah. it felt like it was going to be Osborne or Web. That was just how this thing was trending. But the 250, I don't think was necessarily the wisest decision with that many good riders and good starters. I think maybe he had a little bit too much gamble in his game for that one. Seven points. Corey won by seven points. That that uh, we would have had a tie if he'd not gone with McElrath, uh, like you said, JT, for the showdown. But yeah. Well, he, I mean, he, yeah, he would have tied, and, and you, you, I mean, you never know going in. I can appreciate taking a risk. I, I think you have to take risks to win, as Dan always says. But, man, he's probably always going to look back on those first, first to the finish line and, and kick himself in the nuts. Uh, Dan, we had uh, Gavin Faith, former pro rider, arena cross champion, sixth overall in Supercross. Gavin Faith playing, playing fantasy. Yeah, a lot, a lot of riders played. The Bernie Smith was in there, and I actually sent some prizes to a couple of riders and stuff. So, no, it's good to see these guys play and, and take it serious. A, a lot of ex riders were actually in the top 20. Um, but going back to Willie, I mean, we say he made a mistake, but had the red flag not come out, he wins the bike, you know, by picking McElrath. To it. So, I don't think it was that big of a gamble. I think McElrath had gotten almost every West Coast person to finish line. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was wrong on both of them. He, he went to like we did. He raised the East Coast. East, yeah. You know what I meant. Same, same thing. <laughs> Where we were in Salt Lake City. It's in the West Coast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not doing that. But hey, props to Corey. Uh, Corey Jones. We're gonna have him on the line here. He thanks to Yamaha 2020. YZ450F, we are giving it away to Corey, and we're giving two more away, one to the motocross winner and one to a random championship league user. So stay tuned for the end of the year for those. Two more Yamahas coming from everybody. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, Paul. We talked a little bit about this last show. Um, very few former national numbers from 2019 in the top 49 players. Just a weird yeah, year. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's what makes you know, like I, so many people, I think oftentimes get intimidated to play fantasy and, and they're like, oh, I can't. There's so many good players and everybody has inside knowledge. There, there's no way I can be competitive. But I think that's another, just another way to look at it to where it shows you that anybody can be competitive. I mean, look how awful we all did. And I know we have more inside knowledge than most of the people playing and it doesn't always work. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a game of skill. I'll still say believe that but there is a lot of luck involved and and therefore anybody is can can win a prize and can even win a motorcycle yeah uh salt lake city seven results let's give it up for marks he won 207 37 points up on me in second marks had himself quite a 2020 rebound 
Supercross season, JT. Yeah, and, and Marks has the most gamble of any of us, and, and I would have never said somebody would have more gamble than Dan Truman in, in every aspect of life, but Marks redefines risk-taking in this game. So for him to have a bounce back, he either got really, really lucky or was it some, some sort of complete anomaly, and he'll go back to getting last by several hundred points in the offseason. <laughs> well, I, I got a question. Yeah. I got a question. I think in, in our group text, I thought there was a joke about first lap leader because it was it was at Salt Lake City Seven. And it was Dean, and he said I did. Like, did he really pick Dean Wilson to lead the first lap at Salt Lake City Seven and get it right? Uh, I don't know. I can tell you in a second here. Um, uh, there's, 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 I don't know if he was kidding. No, he did not. He didn't I mean, have any. He didn't have any okay. first to the finish line. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I do know some people that picked Jet Lawrence, which I thought was crazy as well, and. The, you know, we'll get into that picture and it was so small, but yeah. um, there was, I think there was eight people or six people that picked Dean. Um, you know, he, Mark said it was him. I think he was kidding. But. Yeah. It, uh, I, I believed him because he picked Aaron Plessinger to lead first lap at Bud's Creek the year he won the title, and I think that's the only time he's ever led a first lap. Mark had him that day. Yeah, yeah true that. Uh, Mark's at 207. I had 170. Dan, 165. Paul 151 and Mar- uh, JT 149 for you. So terrible, like you said, very Absolutely angry terrible. Salt Lake City. Uh, overall, real quick, oh, looking oh. at uh, hold on, real quick, looking at Willie's scores. So Willie was leading going into the last round. He finished six thousand place at Anaheim one. Uh, he was, you know, not very good. He wasn't. In, he was fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred, sixty five hundred after Glendale. And then he was never very good. He had one going into Salt Lake City is when he did good. He got 50th and then 150th, 200, uh, like yeah. top 500. Yeah, yeah. So he never, he was never, you don't have to win each weekend. You know, you just have to be consistent going back to these scores. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, just looking at his scores was nuts. He only had two finishes inside the top 100 all year. Yeah. So. Uh, for the experts, for the overall Supercross 20, JT, 3,972 points. Marks in second, 39.39 for Marks. So, yeah, only 40-something off of JT. Dan, you were third, 38.19. Paul, you were fourth at 37.06. So uh, you were 113 back of Dan, Paul, uh, which isn't good. And then I was one point back of you, Paul, which also isn't good. So the stinkers of 2020 is myself and Paul Parabinos, although I am ultimately in the cellar. Yeah, I just had I mean, one, one of those years. Like, I just... What happened? I can, I tell you what happened. And Steve, I know... The way I look at... Okay. The way I'm looking at this, Steve, is is I just missed the podium and you got last. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. I, so, I get it. But hold, hold on. You, you, you guys got to look at some of Paul's picks throughout the season. Once he fell off the back, he went all in. Like, he was taking wild, wild swings at the field, yeah, like it, yeah. What, there there was no more like, hey, I'm just going to try to going to try to reel this slowly back in. Like he was picking people I'd never heard of, which I'm I'm totally fine with. But there's a pretty clear reason why the end the end score was so ugly is because those wild swings didn't pay off for him. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I made a decision midway through that I, I am no longer championship minded. I am race win minded, and that's give that's the explanation for the guys that are on my team, like post Daytona. I. Looking back, I've, so I've done pretty well at all four of these, uh, the last four series, the last two years of Pulp Mix Fantasy. Uh, I've got second, I think, three times and third once. I've lost the lead at the final round 
twice, which really pissed me off, by the way. Um, but here's what happened, is I got behind early. I had a couple rough rounds in the beginning, and then I started taking chances, right? Like, I just was like, I got to get back, I got to get back. And as Dan just said about Willie, like, you don't need to do that. Like I just, but I definitely was like, I got to make points today. Today, I got to make points. So yeah. let you, me go. With, you scored you know, thirty points. You scored thirty points one weekend in the four fifty class. Thirty total points. Yeah, yeah, whatever, year. whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City five. Your all star Wilson got twenty six. Marty got you four, and your other two guys got you zero. Yeah, they, they were in one twenty. They were in the first turn in the LCQ. Yeah, and so, <laughs> like I, I definitely just a, a word of advice. I just yeah, you don't need to. You know, panic and start picking guys like I did. Uh, I'll learn from this, hopefully. Uh, LaFontois was by far the worst pick of the year out of anybody that played Pulp Mix Fantasy. Why would I think a guy from France would come over and jump on a JGR bike at Daytona and put put it in the main? Like, absolutely. He is not John Girard. No. He is not racing the super speedway. No. uh, Absolutely terrible pick. Uh, Anyway. Hold on. I have a game. Yeah. I have a game. I want everybody to... Yeah, you you started you kind of started off where I wanted to go, but everybody named their pick of the year. Like, what's the one pick that you felt like you were a a pulp MX fantasy genius after that pick? I already know mine. Wow, I don't have one, but Lafontaine was one where I thought I was gonna outsmart people, and it just blew up in my, my face. My pick, and I'll go first, so I give you guys time to think. Was Oakland, California, Taiki Koga. And I called oh. it going in, and no one believed in me. No one was on my team. No. And I told you guys I was posting pictures of Godzilla. Yeah. I had gifts and memes and everything going. Everybody thought I was. Everybody thought I was planning for a fool. But Koga was my guy, and it was the most memorable race of 2020. Yeah. The most memorable heat race, and I would even go so far as most the most memorable race overall, it, including main event. <laughs> it was Tyke amazing. It was amazing. I had him, JT. I also picked him same same weekend. Yep. Um, but you were more of a believer for sure, and he went back and forth and almost crashed 14 times. It was it was incredible. Yeah. It, there was so much destiny on Taiki Koga's side because there was nothing else. There was not talent. There was not riding ability. It was only destiny because everyone that got in the way was stricken down by something. They were either taken out or they crashed or ran, were run off the track. And somehow Koga gloriously and magnificently crossed that checkered flag in ninth position. And, gentlemen, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Dan, do you have one or Paul, any, either one of you? Yeah, for, for me, I think. I mean, it was, it was just a few weeks ago, but at Salt Lake City 3, I, I went with uh, Carter Halfane and, and Wilson Fleming. They both got 52 points that day. Oh, and yeah. They were really low pick. They were really low pick ends, but um, Carter didn't make very many mains. I don't know that he made any other mains all year, and he made that main. I knew he was pretty good in the mud, and that was kind of why I picked him. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think that was my my best pick. I had a few other out there. I missed on Koga that night, like JT had, but uh, yeah, it's. It's nice when you pick somebody like Hal Payne or, or Koga and they mm-hmm. get 52 points. It's pretty cool. Uh, Paul, yourself? Uh, I don't know. I, I I think I'd have to go back to outdoor motocross to like sh- show you a good pick. Or something. <laughs> uh, there's nothing. There's nothing good here. All right. 36 percent people picked a 251st of the finish line. Four percent got it right. 37 percent picked the 450 guy. 0.2 only got it right for that one. Um, 275 or high score. Both scores 32. Average score 161. 
Uh, thank you to Fly Racing, by the way, flyracing.com. Uh, please check them out on the web. And uh, exciting things coming for the folks from Fly Racing. Pro Taper, whether it's Chad Reed, JGR, Rockstar, Husky, uh, they've all used Pro Taper and their seller devices out now. So please check that out. Fantasy25 is the code to save at 100%.com. Uh, and uh, whether it's a goggle, the Armega, or the clear leader in off-road goggles, they make more than that, though. Mountain bike gear, helmets, sport performance glasses, technical fleece and jackets, premium T-shirts, Fantasy 25 at, at uh, 100%.com. And Interwest Hemp, whether you're an athlete, an ex-athlete, or an athlete at heart, Interwest Hemp has the perfect product to suit your daily lifestyle. Uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save at interwesthemp.com. Um, this is the showdown. I went with, uh, well, four, number one scorer, Michael Moseman, uh, third place at the race, 42 points. Derek Drake was after that, uh, 38 points. Oldenburg, 36. The Jet, 36 points. Enzo Lopes, 34. Costello, 32. Blows, 30. Um, myself, my all-star was McElrath. Uh, so good job on that. I figured he was pretty motivated that he had to win or, or you know, do the best he can. So I maxed out on that. I went with the Jet, 36. That was a 56% pick trend for the Jet. I also went with Hunter. 54% pick trend for zero points. I can't off the top of my head think of a higher guy to get to get zero points in a 54%. Anybody on this line? Can you think it's of it? Be a, that's got to be a record. Yeah, I would think that's a record. Oh, man. Uh, usually if they're that high, and we've had guys that high before, but they're usually a lock, and they, they get some sort of payoff. But Yeah. Um, and then my other guy was Jace Owen. He qualified well because uh, he had the DNF the last race, so his handicap was an eight. And uh, looking good. Got in through the LCQ. Got in ahead of Pierce Brown and ahead of Hunter Lawrence. So I was feeling good, although I had Hunter. So that was bad. But getting Owen in was good because I knew Hunter was a high pick trend. And then Hunt, and then Owen crashed out early on. He, had, he was up to uh, 42 points, I think, in the main event. Looking good at 42. And then crashed out and got me 11. So my gamble for Owen, although, I, like I said, after the LCQ, I was stoked. Uh, didn't pay off. So, uh, JT, who'd you have? Uh, had a lot of the, the the 250 teams were were really similar for most of the teams. Um, you know, Hunter Lawrence was. It, it, I felt like it was a pretty easy pick, and he just didn't ride very well. He qualified pretty well, which was a big misnomer. And to be honest, in that heat race, he should have gotten in. He was moving up. He was on his way to passing Mar Martin Costello for the last spot, and he had a pretty nasty get-off in the rhythm section. And honestly, I didn't think he was going to ride the LCQ. And then in the LCQ, he really rode poorly. Um, there's really no other way to describe it. He just didn't ride well at all. And um, so I was pretty disheartened by that. But as I perused through the team, everybody had him. And when I say everybody, I meant the, the relevant people that, were, that I was around uh, in the overalls. Most people had, had picked up on him being a six and a lot of value there. So... It sucked to not get those points, but most people were in the same boat as I was. And there was a little bit of strategy on my end, so I stayed away from Jet Lawrence because he had some really big crashes in practice, and I just thought he was going to maybe try a little bit too hard and do something stupid in the main event. And it could have been worse for me. He faded a little bit back, fell over one time, uh, but he still did get decent points for the other guys. So that, that kind of bit me in the rear a little bit. But I was also happy to avoid Colt Nichols. Um, he, his injury obviously bit a lot of people as well. I did have um, Chris Bloss, and that was okay. I think if he wouldn't have crashed, 
on the first lap, he would have gotten a ton of points because he actually rode pretty well, but he was dead, dead last on the first lap. So that kind of limited his, uh, his forward movement. Um, my all-star was Dylan Ferranda, so I, I kind of felt lucky he even made the main event because it could have really gone a lot worse for me than it did. But he was able to fight back and, and at least get me into the 20s in points. So certainly could have been a lot worse. And then um, my last pick, let me find it here. Sorry, apologize. By the way, was uh, not- Christian, oh. Christian Craig. Oh, yeah, the big Craig debate from last week. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he mm-hmm. did okay. He 30 got, points. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he got 30 points. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're obviously arguing about his his pick trend and everything. He had back spasms in between the first main event, or the, the red flag, I should say, and the second main event. Uh, in the first main event, keep in mind, he was in third place. So uh, I certainly left a lot of points on the table there due to a red flag. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it could have gone very poorly. Christian Craig's results have been all over the place. So 30 points is not the end of the world. Um, so long story short, leaving the 250 class, I was down on a few guys around me, but it was literally within like a five- to six-point deficit. It wasn't anything uh, too much to overcome. So I was really optimistic going into the 450s, and we'll get there. But the 450 class was – a horrific experience that I may never recover from. I definitely remember throwing out like Lopes, who at 34 points would be a better pick than Craig. Only by four points, but I'm just saying, just saying. You know, just that's that's what happens with Christian lately. Just that's it. That that. But, well, th- yeah, but 30 flag, is fine. 30 is fine. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's but not. You would have also been eating your words at the red flag. Well, well, whatever. Uh, by the way, speaking of red flag, Paul. Uh, Having Jace Owen and then having Forkner and Nichols not on the line, ergo Jace Owen is guaranteed a 20th, you know. Uh, I was pretty stoked with that, even if he crashes out. But then he did that, obviously, and then got 11 points. But I was happy about that also, and then it turned into a shit show anyways, Paul. So, uh, yeah, you took Jace Owen, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, who'd you have, Paul? Um, so, uh, I, I did, I got what I put out, I guess this week, cause I didn't try very hard. I, I made picks very, very late. I was driving. So I had a steering wheel on my lap, I think when I made picks, but I, so I looked at what you guys had picked. Um, and I tried to pull up times and just kind of make my own decision, but yeah, I looked at a lot where your faces were on, on who you guys were picking. So yeah, I had Hunter Lords too, obviously for, for zero points and, and I think you're right about the 54% because I went back and looked because I remember having Oldenburg at the shootout last year and he didn't, he not making the main, but I went back and looked and only 27% had him that day. So, so yeah, a lot of people, half the field got zero from him. Uh, I went Colt Nichols because I passed on him deliberately the week before. So I could take him at the shootout because I honestly thought he had a chance at winning the shootout. Um, and we all know how that went. So first two picks off to a great start. And Dylan Ferrandez with my All Star, twenty one, so not stellar. I don't I don't know why I picked him, honestly. I just he's he was the fastest I think in practice, I believe. And that's probably why I picked him. I just thought he was I just thought him and Forkner were were damn good. Um and uh anyway, that's why I took Ferrandis. And then I had Jet Lawrence. He was the highlight of my team at thirty six points. And uh yeah, that's my team. All right, Dan, who'd you have? Uh, for my All Star, I stuck with Joe Shimoda. Like I said, I was wow, going to. Wow, you did. Yeah, week. you stuck. You stuck with and that. He paid off. Yeah, twenty-six points. Uh, I mean, four of the All Stars paid off with Sexton and Hartramp and 
and knock around. So, but yeah, Shimoda was good. I mean, he wasn't in right grade. I just thought a, a ten a ten handicap was really big for somebody on a factory bike. So, I got got twenty six in there. I went with Chris Bluff. I thought Bluff would be good. Uh, he was pretty good in practice. I thought that he would obviously get in at the heat race, which I think he got that last spot. He had a crash in the first turn and still got in. Uh, but like JT said, had he not crashed in the start of the main event, I think he would have got right up there, 36, 38 points for sure. So he rode really good, though. Uh, Christian Craig was my other guy. I was on Craig the whole time. I believe that a four, he had the highest uh, value. I agree with you when he crashes, and, you know, that's what he's been doing. But I still felt like he had the highest ceiling. He was a guy who could get fourth or fifth and get max points. Um, I never really looked at Mosman. Um I did look at Drake a little bit because his starts were good. And then, obviously, Jet had his crashes, so I kind of just passed on that, thinking that, you know, he could have a week like uh, Salt Lake City won, or his first Salt Lake City when he crashed out and got 11th. So, Oldenburg was never really on my radar. Lopes had a hurt shoulder. So, I mean, I picked the best guys I thought I could, and then my last guy was Hunter. Same reason you guys said. We we all thought he would get in. He should have gotten in in the heat. He didn't ride good in the LCQ. So, I had Shane McElrath also to – first to the finish line and I got that wrong so I mean I was looking really good before the red flag Shane got the 15 bonus points Craig was maxing out Blos was up there Shimoda was getting 26 I mean I think at one point I was in fifth or eighth or something like that and yeah and, and it all went downhill quick so it wasn't great but no. I'll take it. It, was, it wasn't terrible uh, Salt Lake City 7 Fly Racing Pro Taper Inner West Hemp at 100% uh, 450s uh, Brock Tickle's 52 points came out of nowhere, JT, right out of his ass. I don't know how that happened, but 6th uh, sixth, sixth, yeah. and, and, and Tickle, 52 points. Uh, yeah, I mean, t- tough for me because I, I had him the week before, and I was pretty bitter, but Brock's a, Brock's a really good guy, and I'm, I'm really happy he had a really good ride to finish the season. Um, and just at the time, it was, it was tough to watch when it, I knew I just walked, gave away a gaggle of points from the weekend before. Watching him the last few weeks, so that might be the ride that came out of nowhere this year the most. Yeah, but uh, he was solid in the heat, too. I, yeah. You could see it coming. Yeah. You know, and he got the start both times, and the track was a track that you couldn't really override. You had to really respect it and just hit your marks. And that's something that Brock has always been able to do. He's always been been able to put in the same lap over and over and over. And it doesn't matter if the race is 25 laps or 100 laps, he can do that. And if you give him a good start and you can't really push the pace on a track like that, that's a perfect scenario for him. Tickle at 52, Bowers 38, Freddie 36, Chad Reed 36 with his best finish of the year, Uh, Justin Hill 36, Carlin Gardner 30, Vince Freeze 30, A-Ray 28, as far as my picks, uh, my all-star was Zach Osborne, uh, won the race. He was a four, and he's just been so good that I'm like, that was my guy. I, I know um, Mookie was talked about on the pre-show, and I liked that one too, and he maxed out too, so that would have been good. But I did like Osborne at the end. I went with A-Ray, uh, 28 points. He uh, got 21st, just can't seem to break in there, uh, but 20, 28 points. Uh, I put, I went with Justin Hill. He was not a good handicap. He had been riding better, though. Uh, early on in the first practice, he was second for a little while, which we had never seen before in the Salt Lake, I should say. Never seen in the Salt Lake. So I was like, okay, he's back or he feels good or whatever. Technical track. Um, 
So I went with Justin Hill, 36 points. I'll take it. I was never going Norn. I couldn't go Chad. I probably was never going to go. I had to go last week. I couldn't go Bowers. Or I wasn't going to go Bowers. I'm not sure about the altitude thing. So Hill was about the best I could have done. Uh, I had A-Ray. I had Hill. I had Osborne. My last pick was Marty, who uh, crashed out. And seven points for Marty. So not so good. Uh, Dan, 450 picks. Yeah, for me, I was in a tough spot. We knew the 450 picks were getting tough. And I couldn't pick Bowers or Norin because I had them the week before. And I also couldn't pick Vince Freeze, who I had the week before. And they all did pretty good, 38, 36, and 30. So I went with the best picks I thought I could pick. was obviously Tickle, got 52. Um, for my all-star, I went Malcolm. I was on Malcolm all week. I thought that he was a good pick. Uh, he got 26. And then I really – I couldn't decide i looked at ap a little bit but i didn't see much value chisholm the same thing so i was like you know i'll go with some guys that have been really good i'll go with blake baggett and marty dopola no oh, yeah they've been, solid they've been they've been good you know Baggett was the one uh, marty was the one um and they both crashed and then baggett i mean jt will talk about baggett he was over it by like lap four and he was just not mm-hmm. riding good so um yeah i mean I thought I picked good guys. I passed on Benny, which I thought was going to bite me there for a long time as he was in fourth for most of the race. Yeah, um, me too. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh man, I passed on Benny because he bit me, you know, a couple weeks before when he qualified really good. And I didn't pick him, but uh, yeah, he he ended up only getting 11 points. So and I can't be mad. I thought I picked the best guys. Uh, I've never really looked at you know Gardner. Um, I had him a few weeks ago, and I. And I, Chad was so emotional all day. I, I didn't know if he was going to go out and get tenth like he did, or if he was just going to go right around and do knack knacks like we joked about. I, I didn't know what he was doing. So <laughs> I was never, gonna, I was never picking Chad. And, and then I had uh, Cooper first in the finish line, and, and it was Dean Wilson, which uh, like it's under ten people picked that. Which I, I don't know why they would pick that Dean. I don't know if he's ever met. Yeah, so, really right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one day. Paul four fifties. Yeah, uh, so I did have Tickle. I, I I realized that I've taken Tickle at Salt Lake City every opportunity I could, so I took him at 7, 5, and 3. Obviously, at Salt Lake City 1, he got hurt. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was he got the, me the most points out of anybody every time. My great friend Brock Tickle, you can always count on him. I don't know why you guys didn't take him that uh, round. 352 yeah, okay. points out there. All right, yeah. I picked him that week before, Paul. Oh, yeah, you should have just waited. Just copy me when it comes to Tickle. Oh, got it. Okay, thank you. And then I took my other friend, Dean Wilson. He always comes through again. There's another 26. Everything's going great. But then I got to keep scrolling down to find more green on my screen. That's the issue. Took them other guys that Dan was just talking about, Baggett and Davalos, and that uh, didn't go well. Didn't get a lot of points. <laughs> uh, JT, go ahead. Blake Baggett and Benny Bloss, go ahead. Yeah, I uh, so we'll start with the good. I had Vince Freezy and actually saw him at the Yard House two nights ago, and I thanked him for a decent score, and I thanked him for taking me out somewhere between 15 and 20 times throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Um, good. So he, he had a decent ride. He, he faded pretty bad because he was way up there. He was well inside the top 10. And when Benny was, Benny was you know, fourth for a majority of the main event and Vince Freezy was inside the top 10, and Mookie was getting max points, things were looking up. Like, I, I was, uh, you know, 100-plus uh, points, like 120 points maybe on my 450 team. 
And that was counting Blake Baggett floundering around in the back. I, I don't know what Blake Baggett was doing. I don't know that I've ever seen him ride that poorly. Uh, he never got into double points for even one lap. He, the best he was was 14th at any point in the main event. And he ended up 16th, which, yeah, again, I don't know. I know his hands fell asleep. That was supposedly what happened. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty frustrating to watch. I'm sure it was pretty frustrating for him to be out there, too. Benny was rough, and, and Steve and I, you and I went to dinner with him after. And, yeah, I mean, he doesn't care about my fantasy troubles, right? But he rode really well for, you know, 75% of the main event, and then he had a big mistake and kind of fell apart uh, for the, the rest of the race. And it, it cost me a lot of points and cost me a lot of money, but that's all right. You know, he's a, he's a really good kid, good family. And, again, it was it was cool to see him up there battling either way, right? That, that's by far the best main event he's ever had. Maybe not on the results sheet, but riding-wise for sure. Uh, and then my last pick was Mookie. So Mookie maxed out. It was just a uh, – it was just two back-to-back really rough main events. And uh, I think the most frustrated I was was Baggin because he was just never even a factor. I mean, he, he's it been was... so hot and cold in these Salt Lake main events, and that was by far his coldest. So that, that hurt me at the worst time. What you what you finish overall, JT? I know I'm just throwing this to you right now. Do you have a in front of you? What would you finish uh, overall? Yes, 60-something, 60 68. Nice. Yeah, good job. Um well, there we go. That's Salt Lake City Seven. Let's uh, let's call Corey, the winner of the bike, and uh, find out his strategies and, and everything else, and, and get into it. So let's uh, we'll call Corey Jones right now, and uh, the winner of the 2020 YZ450F for Supercross. Uh, let's go right into that. All right, on the line for the Pulpamex Fantasy Supercross Supercross Grand Prix Grand Prize winner of the 2020 Yamaha YZ450F. It's Corey Jones. Corey, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, pretty good. Just sitting here right now. Congratulations on the win. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, uh, you, do you have a bike now? Yeah, I got a 2019 YZ250F. Oh, dude. You're gonna, you're now yeah. you're going to have the 450. It's going to be perfect. You're going to double class it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, hey, man, it was, uh, it was really cool. Thank you for playing all year. Look, you, you went into the final round second in points, and our guy Willie was leading, and uh, he picked two first to the finish line uh, guys, got them both wrong which is ballsy. Uh, hey, Paul, that's ballsy for the final round yeah. with a lead. Very, very ballsy. <laughs> I, I mean, I, don't, I didn't even look and see how close everybody was, but apparently he, 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 yeah, he decided he needed to go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was only seven or eight game. points difference between first and second. Yeah, there wasn't much oh, difference, wow, right? Um, and then I'd heard, Corey, that Willie would have won if it wasn't for the red flag. Yeah, had, that's true, too, but I had Colt Nichols break his arm or whatever happened, so that cost me a lot of points, too. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah. Fu- it's funny, yeah. JT, uh, so Corey here on the line, Corey had Nichols with one and Hunter Lawrence with zero, and Willie went with two first to the finish line and at Hunter Lawrence and Marty with seven and Baggett with eight, JT. Willie and Corey, uh, they turtle race to the, to the lead for this thing. Yeah, it was like a comedy of errors. I, I had a lot of that going on on my team, too. So I, wa- I was kind of watching to see who was going to win the bike, but I was worrying about my own team, too. And to be honest, most teams had a really horrific day on that final event because there were a lot of similar teams. So, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of respect Willie's 
send it mode there, but I don't think I could have picked a guy in that showdown. I think it's it's way too up in the air. So it, yeah, definitely bet him. Dan, is it true that Willie must be your buddy for two first of the finish lines? Is it true, Dan, that you you, you must know Willie? Uh, I, I mean, he had Macklewrap, I believe, and um, you know Shane got it the first time. He, Willie was probably really happy until that red flag. So, I mean, I don't blame him for going for it. I mean, picking Shane was a a pretty good bet. I mean, he had gotten most of them before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like 12 people picked Jet Lawrence to get that second one. So, I mean, that was kind of just throwing it out there. But um, I don't blame him for going for it, man. Had he had gone for it and won by five points, we'd have been saying how, how awesome it was. Yeah, good point. Corey, were you uh, keeping track of the whole thing? Like right after the game, You, you were you watching, able to see that you won the bike? No, not at first. Once uh, Colt Nichols broke his arm or brick and they said thought he broke his arm, I assumed it was over for me. I was like, dang, that's going to cost me too many points. Yeah. Did you uh, – you didn't have a national number. Is this the first year you played, or is this the first year that you uh, did so well? Uh, this is the first year I paid to play. The rest of the time I've just – I was more learning the game. And this year, like, I thought I knew it good enough to play the entire season. Uh, yeah, I'd say. I'd say you're all right. Did you uh, – <laughs> What was your what was your usual like race day strategy? Would you go off the heat races, off the practice times? Were you able to do it live? Did you have spreadsheets? Like what, what was your what was your strategy a little bit? Normally, I just watched the riders, the races before, how good of starts they got and stuff like that. Like I didn't listen to y'all too much because I was afraid if I listened to y'all, I'd go with y'all's picks and so would everybody else. So I just kind of stayed away from that. Right. And I just watched lap times and seen how consistent people were all year. Outside of like JT. how good the starter they were. Yeah, outside of JT, that's probably a good strategy. He, he did well, but the other three of us were not good in 2020 Supercross. So it's not a, not a bad idea. Corey, did you, yeah, uh, just, Dan, did you uh, have any really good weekends? Did you win any weeks or anything like that? Or, or uh, St. Louis, I had a really good weekend. I got like 23rd. I ended up getting like a polar heart rate monitor or something. So I guess a bunch of oh. us tied. Oh, okay. Then the next oh, nice. best I, w- I did was 94th. Oh, wow. So just really consistent yeah. all year. Yeah. yeah. Well, thing, the funny part about this. Hold on, hold on, Corey. Hold on. Dan, go ahead. I was just saying, in the years past, the reason I asked the question, in the years past, a lot of guys that won the bike didn't have uh, any top fives or top tens. They were just really consistent around the top 100 range every weekend, and they were able to win the bike. So yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it works out that way. This is another another testimony to that, right? I mean, one good finish and a lot of really really good finishes for Corey, and he gets the bike. So, uh, did yeah. you, Corey? Did you normally go with first of the finish line? Uh, not very often. I did at the beginning of the year. Once yep. I realized that I was like moving up in points a lot, I stayed away from it just because I knew it could cost me a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, it definitely so, does. Uh, what was your worst round? Do you remember? Uh, the second round. It was, uh, I got like 6,000 plays, 6,600 at Anaheim 2. Oh, Anaheim 2. Uh, yeah, the second Anaheim you mean. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's pretty cool that you grabbed the lead. I mean, poor Willie. You know, Willie had it. Poor Willie. But it is cool that you swung it swung it at the last round. That, that's got to be exciting. So Yeah, it was. Our, well, after Daytona, I had the lead, too, because then it started that COVID. So if it would have ended, I would have won then, too. So <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Uh, so you were cheering for the series to end after Daytona? Kind of, sort of, even though I wanted to watch the races. Yeah. Did you always pick one all-star, or did you go sometimes multiple all-stars? JT no, did that a couple I weeks. Went, yeah. I just went one all-star. 
And was there a rider that you like kind of picked all the time that you really performed for you, or one that didn't? Davalos got me a lot of points. So did Reed. So a lot did of times when Dav- whenever Davalos got his first like fifty-two points, I was like one of the only people in the top to pick him. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, where do you live? I live in Woodsboro, Kentucky. Kentucky. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, where Nikki Hayden's from. Oh, awesome. Um, well, the Yamaha guys will be in touch with you. They're figuring it out, and uh, we'll get. We'll, I'll be on the email, and we can go back and forth and figure out how to how to get it. And uh, maybe you can do some social media stuff for us once you get it. Uh, Sounds good to me. But congratulations, man! Thank you for playing. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks. Thanks you. All right. Good job, Corey. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Nice work, buddy. Thanks. All right. See you. Have a nice day. Thanks, man. Congrats. See you. Right, we'll see you. Well, it didn't sound like Dan. Uh, Corey had a huge strategy. He didn't listen to us. That was probably good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his strategy was just, I mean, going off practice times, it sounds like, and and picking the best guys. I looked at his scores all the way from Anaheim, and he only had one or two weeks I've seen where a, a rider didn't get double points, so he kind of stayed away from the, the really high-risk guys. He had Pierce Brown at his rookie race in Atlanta, who only got 11 points, and he had Christian Craig at Anaheim, too. Uh, we all know the story of that when he got one point and got taken out. But other than that, he was really solid, you know, just getting yeah. 26 points from all of his guys. So I don't think it was, uh, you know, he had a few weeks where he got Dustin Winter got 52 and, and some other guys got 52. So he did have some big scores, but maybe taking the risk isn't the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm still pick first to the finish line and he did most he did most of the time i looked at his picks he had forkner a lot at the beginning of the west coast rounds and was getting those 15 points but um yeah i don't know i mean he he never had top 100 scores like we all think you have to have every weekend yeah and he still was able to win i mean jt i think one of the one of the winners last year had spreadsheets excel stuff all of that their chick was helping them if you remember right and it was like a whole a whole deal Corey sounds more like ah i'm just gonna go with this guy and this guy, so yeah, they're winging it. I mean, and there's, yeah. there's no, I, I don't do the spreadsheet thing either. You know, I watch and I get a feel for it, and I look at practice times, and I, I, I always look at the heat lineups. That's a really big part of my game, and I know Dan really relies on the the heat race lineups too. Um, but I, I don't think, and that's that's the cool thing about this game. There's not one way to do it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to to figure this game out, and you can be really data heavy, or you can go off the eye test. And I think the underlying factor of all of this which you're never going to get around is just pure luck it's absolutely pure luck because the weekend before Baggett killed it and then my weekend Baggett sucked and Tickle killed it Mm -hmm. and that's just pure luck there's no you know they're in the same city on the same track doing the same damn thing and it's just the way the weekend goes and sometimes LaFrancois is no good either sometimes yeah yeah there's luck and then there's LaFrancois that's not luck (laughs) Uh, well, thanks, Corey, for playing. Thank you, everybody, for playing. Uh, Paul, we're going to do this uh, before the first round of Ironman. Right now, Paul, we only have two motocross rounds scheduled. We hope there'll be more before we award a Yamaha 450. Yeah, we got plenty of prizes to pass out all the rounds, but I tell you what, that sure would be nice on the handicapper to only have two rounds. The, the Salt Lake City surge was was tough to keep up with yeah but um but yeah kudos to feld and supercross and everybody for getting it all in we were able to get our entire fantasy game in and and again yeah thanks for everybody being patient while we get prizes handed out if there's only two motocross rounds we're going to pay the top 200 in each round i think for prizes uh 
yeah, just give away prizes. Yeah, yeah, just give away prizes. No, we'll we'll stay tuned. We'll figure it out. And uh, but yeah, you can sign up if you still want to play for the for the for the uh, both rounds and or for the I should say the championship round to be eligible for the random draw for the YZ450, or you can just go out and win the damn thing and get a YZ450 that way. Either way. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That's you're you're right, Steve. Good reminder. Anybody that only signed up for Supercross, you're not entered in the random draw just yet. You still got to play motocross. Exactly. So, uh, and we gave away a Ferrandis jersey for the winner from Salt Lake City Seven. We'll be in touch with all yeah. that stuff if we haven't already. So. Yeah. So all all the prizes, you know, we're we're getting all the prizes out. We were all in Salt Lake City. It took a little bit of time to get back and get caught up. Um, all the prizes are starting to ship out this week, so you guys will start seeing all the prizes showing up. Um, industry idiots was pretty fun. We had over $37,000. It's a $100 league. We'll do it again for motocross. Um, we'll talk about it on the preview show. We're starting for a series to happen. JT made a lot of money. Uh, there was 95 people who actually made money. Uh, Steve, you were not one of them. Oh. Paul, you were not one of them. Oh. I was not one of them. But uh, the winner made over $5,000. We paid the top 20. We had weekly prizes each week for the top five. So it was pretty cool. It's a, it was a fun league and some trash talking. So we'll do it again for motocross and yeah thanks to all the riders that that play and and give us jerseys and all the sponsors that give us prizes and stuff we had a lot of cool stuff this year so um looking forward to motocross hopefully we get a series yeah i know i think i think we will for sure um all right dan paul jt thank you to pulpamex play fantasy players thank you to 100 percent fly racing inner west hemp and of course pro taper uh we'll do this before the first round of the nationals and then uh we'll get back at it so thanks boys thank you yeah.